Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is our number two of Oilers now. Uh, 135 today, we'll get to the where were you in 72 conversation. 50th anniversary of Team Canada winning the Summit Series. Paul Henderson becoming... A hockey legend. Should he be in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Pretty important in games 6, 7, and 8. He was a uh, strong advocate, as I recall correctly, for Christianity at that time as well, which sort of flew in the face of uh, many athletes who didn't declare. I mean, certainly in the National Football League, you see it all the time. Uh, but not so much in hockey. An interesting guy. I met him a couple times. Uh, 106 in Edmonton. And we mentioned Oilers now brought to you by our new title sponsor, World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub. And where's that script going? There it is. Hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Whoa. Got in late last night. Here we go. Uh, we are going to head straight off to the River Creek Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063, the River Creek Resort Casino. Excitement bet on it. What we're going to try to do on the show here is sort of uh, rotate Oilers uh, management types throughout the course of the month to give us some different perspectives. He was in town last week. He is Edmonton Oilers assistant GM uh, and then uh, heads up the pro scouting side. We welcome back to the show Brad Holland. Hi, Brad. How you doing? Not too bad, Bob. How about yourself? Uh, not bad. Did you get a chance to watch the game online last night? I did. What'd you think? I thought the boys played hard. It's a tough position to be in. It's a tough turnaround. These exhibition games. You know, you're going in a little bit shorthanded, trying to get some guys some some opportunities. Maybe they haven't gotten. I thought, uh, like I said, I thought the guys played hard. It was a tough tough game for them, but. I mean, we got we got to see some guys in some interesting positions they normally wouldn't be in. So I think it was a, it was a pretty good experiment. Do you factor in because I know you were at different rookie camps before you came in for the start of training camp, and you're 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 back on the trail now, uh, you know, pro scouting again. Do you factor in like one thing I do before every broadcast is for a preseason game is try to predict how many guys will actually be on the the parent team. So, like, Winnipeg against Edmonton, I had the Oilers with six NHL regulars that were going to be on the Oilers team, and the Jets with seven. So that was kind of an apples-versus-apples matchup. Uh, Last night, Edmonton had what I considered six guys, only one player in the top nine forwards, and Seattle had 12. So when you're sitting there doing your pro evaluation in each game, do you do something similar so that you can maybe gauge better how the matchup works, or how would you do that? 
Absolutely. I think that this is a very contextual time of year. You have to kind of pay attention to who's on the ice, who they're playing against, what kind of roles they're being asked to fill. I thought the first game we played, I was I was in attendance. Um, the line of Pujarvi, Fogel, and McLeod did a great job handling, you know, pretty much first-line minutes. Uh, McLeod scored from Fogel. They played hard. They were forechecking. But they're not going to be asked to do that in a regular season game generally, playing against the other team's best players. So you kind of have to see or, or think, you know, what is this? What am I learning from this game? What can I see from this game that maybe I couldn't see in the regular season? I think this is a great opportunity where you see someone – like McLeod, take a first-line center role where he normally wouldn't get. So our staff really tries to drill down. We're looking at um, players that maybe are playing up in the lineup, seeing what kind of opportunities they're given and, and then what they do with them. So you know, we saw a lot of our guys on the, on the, the power. I think Devin Shore mentioned on the power play last night, we have a, a much different power play when all those guys are in. So seeing what these, these players are able to do, um, with, with minutes they're not normally tasked with, it, to me, is probably the most interesting part of this, this exhibition season. We're joined by Evan Oilers Assistant General Manager, Pro Scouting, Brad Holland, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers. Now, Brad, um, it's pretty hard to ignore Dylan Holloway and Penticton, and he didn't hurt himself with his performance Sunday night. He definitely didn't. I thought he was, if not the best forward on the ice, he was in the conversation. Uh, best player, really. I mean, I thought Stu Skinner was excellent. We had a couple other players come out with some big performances, but he was a going concern. You noticed him every time he was on the ice, drawing penalties, going to the nets. Uh, I think the Bouchard slap shot kind of ricocheted off him. But he's in front of the net. He's in the area that he needs to be to be successful. I think he's been fantastic. Anything we've asked him to do, he's been, he's been able to do, and he's been giving us more than we expected. And I, I hope it continues because, you know, you look at the best teams in the league, they always have young players pushing up the roster, you know, on, on entry-level deals or on cheaper contracts. It allows you to pay, you know, your, you allocate your cap dollars to your best players, to your most experienced players, but then you're getting, you know, they're all punching the value of their contract, which is so important in, in the cap system. And players like Broberg, Dylan, that's what we're counting on, really, to, to, to take steps as the Edmonton Oilers, you know, as we continue to try and build towards what we hope will be a perennial cup contender. That's what you need. You need those players on the bottom part of your roster, the cheaper part of your roster, pushing up and out-punching their, their captain. We're joined by Brad Hall. And Brad, it's interesting. When the Rangers came to town last year, the Oilers were 8-1, and, and I was just re-watching a bit of their broadcast, and they were talking about how Edmonton had the fastest team in the league. I thought Colorado by the end of the year had the fastest team in the league, which brings us to Holloway and McLeod. Because they change, if they end up in the Oilers' top nine, and it's not out of the realm of possibilities, I am not giving Holloway anything yet, but he could end up there by the end of the year. McLeod, I think it's pretty clear, is going to be in the top nine to start the year. Uh, it changes the complexion of how the Oilers can attack, doesn't it? No, absolutely. Um, and when you think about the Oilers, I think if you're another team, you're trying to scheme against us. You're going to be thinking about obviously Connor and, and Leon, and trying to to you know to to dictate those matchups as much as you can with your best defensive players. But now you're going to have some other guys that are going to lengthen out our lineup and make it you know difficult to really you know focus all your defensive abilities against those two players. So that that does change the conversation. I mean, you look at the best teams in the league always have a third line that that can not just defend but can threaten offense and I looked to that that Tampa third line from a couple of years ago they won two Stanley Cups with 
Coleman, uh, Gordy, and um, uh, Goudreau are in, in New York. Yep. Um, they really dictated the play whenever they, they were on the ice. And I, I think Cooper, John Cooper, used them pretty much to open every every period of the playoffs. They started they started the period. They they were they were the, the, the they wanted to dictate the pace of the game. And when you have something like that, which I hope we do, I think that we do. I think that McLeod has taken massive steps. Thought he was one of our best players in the Colorado series last year. He's carried that on to training camp and exhibition this year. And if he is able to to carry a line, or or like you said, he can he can move up in the lineup. He can play the wing with those good players, and it just it just gives another element to our our top nine when you can skate like you can and you can back off defensive like you can. I know there's best of practices, and every organization, good organization, continuously tries to improve. If they care, that's what they do. And I look at Tampa, and you mentioned two thirds of that line and the acquisition costs that they gave up. I mean, they went for it, but they also got cost certainty for a couple of years as a result in bringing in Coleman and Goodrow. Absolutely. And I think, like like anything else, uh, the NHL is a copycat league. People are always trying to see what works and then and then duplicate it. Um, and, I, and I think that, that everybody took notice when, when Julian and his staff had added those pieces to the third line and saw what kind of impact that it had. I mean, you can look at their top six, and obviously that's the, the driver of their success. The, you know, their their offensive weapons are among the best in the game. But then, when they have this kind of multifaceted third line that can do pretty much anything you ask it to do, they can they can play against the other team's best players. They can they can score on their own. They kill penalties. I mean, they brought elements of physicality. All three of those players were disruptive. And you know, the one thing that's, that was interesting to me um, when Gordy came up, he was a winger. All three players, uh, believe, are left shots. Um, it was really a patchwork third line that you know you, you wouldn't have expected would, would would have the success that it did. Not just you know you know moderate success; they were excellent. They were among the best third lines in hockey. They were they were a second line probably on most teams, but they were really they were an atypical group in that they weren't you know left center right you know played all that way all the way up. I just think that you know one thing that Tampa's been very good at is finding good players, and I don't think they worry so much about having them in the, in the traditional roles. They're just trying to pack their roster with as many good players as possible, and, and you saw that at the trade deadline. Last year they added um, a really good player in Nick Paul and then extended him. I think when they find someone that works, they make sure they keep them around, and, and, and they've had a lot of success in, in, in grabbing players that, that don't take up a lot of their their cap, um, allowing them to pay their younger players, Sergeyev, Sorelli, both signed this summer. And, and still, you know, giving themselves flexibility to, to, to ice a roster that can compete with anybody on. We're joined by Brad Holland of the Oilers organization. He's the assistant general manager, pro scouting. Uh, we talked a lot about Nick Paul and Oilers now over the last couple of years. Was a big fan of his dating back to his time in Ottawa. They also went out and got Brandon Hagel, and frankly, a very similar deal to the one that they brought Coleman in. Uh, so there's the replacement for that, that one line. Let me ask you this. Toughness. I mean, if you knew... I just had somebody text me about Tanner Janot with Nashville, okay? Because we're not sure what type of team Nashville is going to have. Would you give up a significant asset to get a player? I mean, I think maybe optimally Janot ends up. I mean, he, he scored a little last year. He's probably a third line player, and he's certainly willing to fight. I think they'd be crazy to trade him, but maybe, maybe they won't as a result of that dimension. But it doesn't have the same price point toughness that it used. Now, in Janot's case, Brad. 
He's, he's bringing functional toughness. But is there a valuation for that in the league anymore? What do you think? Absolutely. And I, I, I kind of look back on this. In my, my time with, with Mike Babcock and Lou Amarello, I learned so much from just their, their ideas of, of, of roster um, building. And I talked, Babs and I talked at length about this. He says, you know, I, I'm on the bench. I, I can see the intimidation factor up close. And I can see it. I can feel it. The bench feels it. Everyone feels it. It's still it's still a hard game. Hockey is has gotten you know there's more offense in the game. They've opened it up with a lot of the the, the, the rule changes that they've made um, that Colin Campbell his group have made Stephen Wacom. So there, there's more. I think we're, we're able to highlight the skill more of the players. But this is still a hard game. It's it's a it's a it's a big, heavy, strong game at the National Hockey League level, and it's fast paced and it's. It's hard, and you know what? In the intimidation factor, that's where it comes in. You don't have any time to make a decision. If you're hearing footsteps or if you're aware that there's someone on the other team that might be coming for you, you have even less time, and you're, you're going to make maybe a, a decision that you wouldn't have made if you didn't think that. So I absolutely think that there is, there is a, a, a fit to it. Um, you're absolutely right in that. It's, it's not like it was. I don't think it ever will be like it was. Um, I think that's probably a good thing. Um, I, I enjoy the game now more than I ever have. I mean, I lived through that dead puck era. I lived through, you know, the hooking and holding and grabbing. Um, and that just, it just wasn't hockey. We've gotten to a place now where I think the best, you know, when you look at, you know, Matthew Kachuk, um, players of his, like, um, they're, they're rare. They're very rare. I think we have one in Evander Kane. I think they're, they're a unique player in that they are that, that throwback type where they, they, they intimidate the other team. They push around the other team. Um, but they're still able to score goals. And I, I think that you made a good point there in functional toughness. There, there's, there's not really a fit anymore for that player that, that just wants to fight. But if you can, you can forecheck, if you can kill penalties, like a few of the players that we mentioned, if you can score goals, I mean, that really is, it's almost like a cheat code that you can add to your team. Jeannot had 24 goals last year in 130 penalty minutes. He's in the second year of a two-year deal at 800K. Conservatively, I think Nashville's going to have to spend $4 million bucks to keep him here. Based on those numbers, is that fair? I, I think so. And like, like I said, those players are so unique; uh, they're so rare that I think when you do when you do find one, when you're when you're able to add one to your roster, you do whatever you can to keep them. All right. So Janot played in the Western League and then came out of the WHL with Moose Jaw and started uh, in the. Uh, it was was not a. Uh, sort of a, a guy that was a focus in Milwaukee in the A, and then in the second year pro actually had a cup of coffee in the coast. So I guess the question is, Brad, how, and that's part of what pro scouting is, is you're also scouting the American Hockey League down to the coast. How difficult is it to find players like that today? Well, and you hit the nail on the head. Those players, if they're not drafted, um, and they are drafted, if you have a player that has that combination of skills, Someone is going to step up and take them in the draft. They're going to project them out and hope that they get one of these players, that, like like the players that you've mentioned, that can, that can do everything. That can fight, that can score, that can hit, that can intimidate, um, that stand up for their teammates. Um, but they are out there, and and, and that's like uh, that, that's one of the things that is um, I think an opportunity for exhibition season, where you're seeing players play up the lineup. You can see them highlight their skill sets a little more during the season. You know, the best players in the world take up the most ice, and you might only see guys five, six minutes a game at, at even strength. Um, but now we're able to see a little bit more. And 
And in the American Hockey League, those players do play up the lineup. That's where we're trying uh, as a pro scouting staff, um, as an organization. We know that we've allocated you know, the lion's share of our cap dollars for, for the next couple of years at least. If the cap doesn't go up, which I hope that it does, it seems like it will, we're going to have to find bargain contracts. And that's where you can kind of look at, at the American Hockey League and, and, and even the East Coast Hockey League. But this, this is, it's an interesting thing because there's only so many roster spots on any given team. So for the most part, those, those spots are, are taken by the best players. And it's hard to, 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 you know, break in and take up premium ice time. But where, where a player kind of plays his way in or where there's opportunity or injury, that's where we want to be, our pro scouting staff, our, our group. We want to be able to be in those buildings to see those players given the most opportunity to see what they do with it. And that's where I think we're going to really focus our efforts this year is, you know, the bottom six, um, top six in the American League, these, these players that may be on cheaper contracts that might be able to, like, like your, your entry-level guys like Dylan Holloway, outpunch their cap it. There you go. We're joined by in some cases, literally. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's funny. I remember a number of years ago, the Oilers had a coach, and he talked about how good the penalty killers were down in the American League. And I looked at the penalty killing of the team, and they were like, you know, twenty second or twenty third in the AHL. I'm like, these guys aren't even good penalty killers in the American League, and we're going to have them come in the NHL. And they were very short lived with their time at Edmonton. So uh, we've gone like twenty minutes in this conversation, Brad Hall, and we haven't talked about analytics. That is part of today's world. So, too, is video. Uh, by, by the way, did you know what was, and we've addressed it that with last night's goal, the Oilers' uh, two video guys that traveled did not have a direct pipeline. There was a breakdown in the communication with uh, uh, the headset that they had. There was some, I don't know if the battery went out or they are so deep in the catacombs of the building, but... You've been in that actual war room when those scenarios come. What is the rule for preseason, Brad? Do you, like, is it is it the games that are televised? They have video review. The games that aren't televised don't have. How does that work? When I was there, we didn't do video review for the exhibition season. I think we did do it one year when we were in, we were instituting the coaches' challenge. They did it as kind of a you know flagship program to try and test out the systems, make sure everything was working. Okay. But when I was there, I do not believe they have um, team instituted video review. I think they might they might do the odd game just to keep keep the people right. honest. Yeah, exactly. Give them the practice they need. But for the most part, no exhibition doesn't have it. All right. So uh, that's uh, just just switching in terms of how how challenging is it. Because you got to see the player good. You're, obviously, you want sets of eyes on the players. You're, you're watching video. You worked in that league. But there's the analytical side of the game as well. And there's way more statistical information available, uh, specifically, uh, and it benefits maybe offensive players. And is, is it challenging at the NHL level to draw, in terms of what's out there uh, that's provided by the, the, you know, the various statistical companies out there, does there tend to be more offensive information available than defensive information? Absolutely. And I, I think that's probably true of most leagues. Uh, you know, offense is what wins ball games, football games, basketball games, hockey games. So that's a, a lot of the focus has been on that. But I mean, you know, you've seen in, in recent years with StatCast and ML in, the, in Major League Baseball, they, they, you know, they talk about, you know, outs above replacement, sprint speed, jump, things like that. They're trying to quantify now that they never could before. Uh, I think with, with bio-tracking data now, chips and pucks, chips and jerseys, you're going to see a little bit more of that. Um, I, you know, you're going to be able to start to quantify the gap that defensemen have. Uh, Forechecking checking ratings, I, I could see 
as something, you know, what is your likelihood of, re- of beating on an icing? What is your likelihood of, of recovering a, a puck that's, that's chipped into the zone? And then, you know, how much you can, you can, you can overcome, you know, like a player like Zach Hyman, just by, by sheer, you know, force of will and, and, and energy and that hard work probably recovers more pucks than he should. So I think it, it's coming. You're definitely right in that, in, in, in that um, offensive ability or, or offensive statistics are much more easily quantified than defensive. I mean, if you think about it, even, you know, a rush chance against, um, if a defenseman plays it perfectly, there might not be a shot, which in most, you know, statistical models, no shot is really no data. So <laughs> to what degree can a player prevent shots from happening? I remember there's a couple of years ago when Mike Babcock went from Detroit to Toronto, somebody wrote an article saying, that Babs's skill really was shot suppression. That was what he, that's how he coached, that's what he did. So if there's not a shot, you don't really have a lot of data about what, what that offensive player was doing. So I think that the, the focus is going to come. There's, there's a couple different um, uh, places, I think, where analytics and numbers and statistics will slowly creep into. I think that defensive ability is one of them. I also think that uh, player combinations and the you know force multiplier of, of playing certain players together um, will be another thing. What type of players you know succeeds with, with with other types of players? What type of player uh, the Edmonton Oilers looking to put with Connor McDavid or Leon Draisaitl? Who who succeeds the most? So I think that's another area. Defense for sure. Um, and then you know what? Even the offensive numbers sometimes you, you really do have to look and 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 you have to watch. Because the numbers can tell you a story and it can lead you down a path, and you know what? Sometimes that path is just is just not correct. So we're getting better. We we're better now than we ever have been. In fact, there's some people have told me that we almost have too much data now, um, which I never think is a problem. You just kind of kind of find the signals and the noise. But you you're definitely right that the, the defensive side of the puck that's that's the, that's the next area for for statistics and analytics to hopefully help us quantify what players are doing better. Hey, if I had my vote in terms of left wing with uh, Leon Drysaddle, I'm going Dylan Holloway. Just uh, I, I want to see it at least <laughs> once in the preseason. Brad, great stuff. You're the president of the fan club, the, the Holloway fan club. I oh, like. uh, you know, I, I I like speed, right? I like to, <laughs> I like to push the pace, and he's had a heck of a start, real noticeable performance. It's great seeing you in town last week, Brad. We'll touch base down the road. Thanks a lot, Bob. Talk to you soon. You bet. That is Edmonton Oilers assistant general manager, pro scouting, Brad Holland. One twenty-seven. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6:30 Chet. If you didn't care, if you didn't care. 
He just felt like throwing some Pink Floyd on the air. Yeah, uh, the clock was ticking and I needed a song. So here we are with the opening track to the Animals album. There we go. Nicely done. That was uh, Brad Holland. He was... Uh, he's the Edmonton Oilers assistant general manager, and guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. We're having an event there Thursday. Looking forward to it. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. I mentioned Uncle Milt, who texted in and said that he was working at the CIBC. Where were you in 72 in the student union building in the basement? Wow. Uh, I was in that building often over the years, back in the days of the mighty CJSR. Hockey is here, and that means it's it's time to think of upgrading your truck or SUV. Our friends at Brentridge Ford have some inventory. 21 new and used Ford SUVs with warranty, many with subsidized interest rates. They also have off-make SUVs. That count is north of 25 with new and used trucks. All uh, units are completely Competitively priced, and of course, Brent Ridge always treats their customers fairly. They boast an outstanding service department. They don't forget about you once you buy the vehicle. You can visit Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang out in Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, where cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, 780-352-6048. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Then you, you can join us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. You're listening to orders now. 